Hey, what it do with the business is. It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, how did your boy Animal Brown? Animal underscore Brown if you're looking for me. Twitter, Instagram, sometimes Snapchat. I am Spike Lou on your favorite social media spots. Check me out on Spotify. Some of the mm. fire playlist I got on there for you. It's just a mid, I'm be real. Nah, they fine. <laughs> <laughs> I got that Cliff. I got that Cliff versus uh, Curtis Brewing. Just waiting for them to go on and solidify it. How you been holding up out there? Don't hold shaking. your breath for that Cliff versus Curtis. You shaking your head like Michael J. Fox. Like you got the. T- <laughs> ah man. Um, man, that was Spike Lou. Uh, right. uh, not Animal Brown. I would not be going to hell. Shit, I'm good, man. The city opened. Hey, uh, shout out to my family. My family made it down this weekend, man. Had a good time for the holiday, man. Shout out to my fam. My in-laws, they mad cool. Uh, had a good time. Good to see family through this pandemic, man. We ain't really got to kick it that much, but shout out to them. Absolutely. Did y'all go out somewhere? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no. The rest yes, of the world man. was out, though. I seen uh, yeah. pictures from Atlanta and Nashville. Shit looked nuts. They were kicking it for the holiday, man. Fuck it. Do your thing. Yeah, it's full-fledged. People are back at it in full effect. Yeah, I ain't mad at it, man. Go for it. I mean, shit, football, football season starts Thursday. Damn like, yeah, right it does. That's why I got I, this G on my head. Shit. Let's go. Yeah, to the more important point, people are going to be at those football games. So <laughs> I think this shit is. I think the quarantine is over with. Uh, but yeah, yeah I can't man, wait basically. To see how that go. I can't wait to see how that go. Uh, man, let's get to some music. We got some... Uh, Man, some good stuff this week. Um, Lupe Fiasco is preparing a trap album. Uh, We've got some revisionist history, man, with Tupac getting shot 24 years to the date. And also, we review Big Sean's latest album, Detroit 2. But first, yo boy, uh, Kendrick Lamar, K-Dot. We have a K-Dot sighting. Uh, He was seen filming uh, what seems to be a music video in L.A., several pictures uh, were floated around the internet. Some seen him floating over the ocean in some type of apparatus. Um, some saw him in like a, a downtown area by a payphone. Again, rumors are now swirling that an album may be on the way. Uh, in your opinion, how much pressure is on Kendrick Lamar to deliver a project sooner than later? I don't think there's a lot of pressure at all. He had, as we spoke to uh, a lot here during our quarantine sessions, just he's had the benefit of a pandemic being there. Like this probably was a scheduled year for Kendrick to come out. This probably was a scheduled year uh, just based off all of the other albums that he's done, like how he released those that he probably was going to drop. So now you do have the benefit of a doubt of a world catastrophe going on. And if he doesn't drop, I think people look at it and they blame it on that. And if he does drop and it's mid, which I seriously doubt, people can still (laughs) blame it on um, everything that's going on around, you know, being able to uh, maybe blame a rollout saying they rushed it or maybe being able to blame focus on everything else that's been going on in the world. But I don't uh, see this as any pressure field uh, situation for Kendrick at all. I think he stepped up and performed at every step of the way. So I don't think this would be any different regardless of the situation. What do you think? Yeah. If there was ever a time to not put out music, uh, now was the perfect time when there's a pandemic and there's a lot of other things going on in the news cycle to kind of divert the attention away from the fact that he hasn't come out since 2017 on a solo tip. Uh, Damn, of course, was the last album. We did get the Black Panther soundtrack, which he was sprinkled all out and through between, uh, which I ran back recently. Rest in peace. He executive um, produced it, right? He did. And um, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I, I, I listened to that just recently because of that. And it, it was still fire. Like um, Kendrick Lamar did his thing behind the scenes with that. But people don't look at that as a Kendrick project. So well, I can't just count that like that. I think he has something coming, though. Um, he did a voiceover for the Nike commercial for Kobe, which was dope. And then, uh, of course, seeing him in a, what looks to be a music video, unless he's in a movie of some sort where he's, I don't know, a flying uh, object over the ocean. Like, I don't know what the fuck that is. That seems to be more in line with how his videos be looking and shit, but uh, shooting videos in public like that, uh, it was, he was bound to be seen. It wasn't as if this was in some type of soundstage or studio it's indoors and ultra secret. So I think he wanted this to be out. So I feel like something is on the way. Um, 
relatively soon, but I, I don't think it's too much pressure. Uh, he's got too many other things that have taken our attention away. Even though I'm sitting wondering what the hell has he been doing, I don't think the world is. When you say sitting wondering, do you mean like working on music or why hasn't he put anything out? It just yeah, why hasn't he? Why hasn't he put anything out? Like I, I understand, and I, I do stand by the thought that he was supposed to come out earlier this year, which is why he was headlining Coachella. I don't think he would have, you know, done Coachella with three-year-old songs, but uh, but there's so much that's gone on since the top of the year that he has to have sprinkled in some new material to talk about what the, the goings on and stuff that's been happening. So that's why I said there's not much pressure because if he had something ready, but they went back and changed half of it because of what was happening, I can't knock that. That that makes all the sense. That would be the smart play, actually. Uh, but once people start coming outside and it's 20,000 people at football games and life resumes some type of normalcy, we're going to be like, dude, where the fuck is Kendrick Lamar and what is he doing at some Absolutely. point? I think that he, him, Kendrick Lamar, Drake, and J. Cole all have projects that we're going to be getting before the end of this year out within the next three months. So I expect all of them to put some, some, some fire out there and, and, and you know, kind of push us through the end of the year. I, I don't know if Kendrick <clears throat> going to drop by this year, though. End of the year. Know. End of the year. You need it. I, you got to hope I, for it. I don't need it. I mean, he just got the <laughs> – <laughs> What does he think biggest... he is, dude? He prints. He don't take four or five years. He's shot eight. Like, come I on, mean, he dude. ain't missed, though. When you ain't missed, I think you can take as much time as you need to as far as your creative process because people expect it. Now, if he come out and it's a flop, then you have to mm-hmm. get right back to the drawing board. But I feel like him having the luxury of not missing in, in, in his catalog, then he's just on coast mode. As far as in between, I don't think when he gets to the album, he's on coast mode, though, which we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Next, what do we have? Your man's young Lupe fiasco was on his Twitters and he was telling people about a tape that he has coming up that he worked on uh, with the producer. I can't think of the producer's name right now. But uh, what's special about this album? It's going to be a trap album. Lupe fiasco said, and I quote, it's going to be trappy trap, trap, trap Mm. uh, is what he specified to his listeners on his Twitter feed. So he said, if you ain't trying to hear that, then you might want to skip this project my question to you is it cool or corny for an artist like lupe to come out with a trap album um first of all what happened to retired lupe uh, that's number one <laughs> um i could have swore he deep. was yeah i could have swore he was going to be retired and like be like a ninja in japan or something I, I don't know i thought that's what he was going to do apparently not he's back rapping which i'm fine with and this is going to be an ep so it's going to be short and straight to the point but I don't think it's corny for someone of his caliber to make a project like this. Like he's talented enough of a rapper to make a specific themed album and not necessarily do it for clout, um, but to likely probably have a message behind it. I'm actually looking forward to this. This is the most interested I've been in a Lupe project in years, just because he said the type of music it is. So, Again, I think he's good enough and talented enough to not do this chasing trends or trying to be cool. Instead, flipping what's going on in the sound of hip hop today, turning it on his head and just doing it Lupe style. And I think he can do that. And I'm interested in hearing it for sure. Um, How are you? Lupe is a very clever rapper. As you said, he can take... Uh, very different concepts and put albums out like he did the one with the slave on the ship came over here a while ago that we make fun of but to be honest like this to have a concept to an album and follow it all the way through is as, as a, a statement as far as you as an artist so I, I too am looking forward to this I don't think that Lupe is like Slim Jesus like he ain't just like randomly gonna be rapping about shooting niggas up and just saying keywords that he think trap music uses <laughs> uh Lupe comes from a, a, a line of trappers up in Chicago. So I think that he will have an interesting perspective of it. And he's a, he's a bright dude. Like yep. Lupe, I may not be here for all of the music that he puts out, but I can definitely tell that he's a smart guy. So I, like you said, I'm interested to see what type of spin that he's going to put on and what type of stories that he has because, it, I mean, he ain't pulling them out of thin air. He is a couple people removed from shit to go down in a trap. So I'd love to hear uh, an artist like Lupe, a hell of 
of a rapper. So yeah, him sure. being a hell of a rapper and being able to mix his style up with trap shit and, and put that out there to be digestible by people that love trap music like myself, I'm here for it. I, I definitely want to see it. Yeah, Lupe, don't get it confused, guys. We know he came out with the skateboard and shit, but he's he had a front row seat to the to the bullshit. Uh, so man, from, like Chili doing what twenty years now? He's out. He made it out. longer than that, man. I think they might have threw the book at him. That's his manager. Hmm. So it, he had a front row seat to the bullshit. He he didn't necessarily partake or that that we know of. Hell, maybe we might find out something different. But um, he's a poet. He's a writer. He can paint pictures. This is no different from, uh, you know, Ice Cube writing Boys in the Hood and things of that nature. Like you, or Pac being a, a poet with stuff. He doesn't have to have things happen to him specifically to be able to tell you about it and paint you a, a picture. So I'm, I'm here for it, man. I, I like when Lupe does stuff like this. He had a, um, a, a Gangsta Grills several years ago uh, over Jack Beats in which he was completely lacing shit. So when you take a super lyrical, miracle, spiritual guy like Lupe, and put him in a, in a different genre. I think he's dope enough to uh, pull this off and again and not sound like he's chasing clout. I'm ready for this. I, I hope this actually happens and he's not just talking and <laughs> that we never get this and he jumps back on the, with the karate suit and shit. That's going to get on my nerves. That's but I'm, I'm yeah, I, definitely, I definitely want to hear this and, and you mentioned the clout chasing part of it. I think with an artist like Lupe, if he hadn't had those other albums that were conceptually based, then right. that would be a fair argument. But like you said, like he does this shit all the time, whether it's a concept you want to hear or not, this just happens to be a concept that I'm tuning in for. So I do hope that it comes out and we get to see it. Uh, I look forward to to trap, trap Lupe, maybe on some drill beats and shit like that to see how it go. What if he changed his name or something for this album? <laughs> like how music did when he turned into a rapper. <laughs> he ain't got to go that far. He ain't got to go that far. We don't definitely, definitely don't want to see him go that far. Stay Lupe. Just give us a little, a little grimy Chicago shit and we in there. He do some shit with King Vaughn or something like they do. For sure. Something like that. He need the features that. on there. That'll be Facts. hard. That would be dope. He get the little young Chicago niggas on there. I'm here for that, man. Um, next up, man, September 7th, 1996, uh, 24 years to the day, man, the uh, famous shooting in Las Vegas of Tupac Shakur, of course, six days, seven days later, he succumbed to the wounds, passing away. Uh, even 24 years later, is this still the biggest hip-hop headline ever? Absolutely. I think that from this, this was, to start with why it is, Tupac was the consummate rapper. Like he is, in my opinion, what most rappers model themselves after as far as a career and trying to uh, market themselves, be put out there, what they want to be displayed as. So when he was shot first and it broke on MTV News, I'll never forget that. Uh, Kurt Loader, I think, came in with the little breaking news and shit. We were headed to the fair, like the county fair. We were walking to that. And mm -hmm. it's just... This story has been told so many times, so many different variations of what happened, so many conspiracy theories. It's such a piece of hip hop history in the mainstream uh, subculture, whatever, wherever you look, this is one that will turn the meter, especially if there's new information about it. If there's anything that goes into well, what was the mindset or the conspiracy theories that all float out there, this is still the thing that I think, regardless of the generation, that keeps hip hop fans talking. So it's the biggest story. I don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I thought of sitting preparing for this where you like, this is right there with it because everything else is just because there was death involved too. Everything right. else compared to this is just like minute. So I would say this is the biggest story that has been in hip hop period. Yeah, it gets compared to the the Nipsey shooting. Um, the, it, it gets compared to that. There's a lot of similarities regarding that. Of course, they both ha both happened on the West Coast, but. To say that's close, you got to put air quotes over close because there's nothing else that's close to this right here. Um, not only has this been referenced 50,000 times, this has been, there's been TV shows made of it. There's been movies, uh, documentaries. Uh, there's people, you know, doing interviews, Vlad, and their, their name, they have a name because they were involved in this somehow from the police to the people who uh, allegedly were in the car that, that shot at Pac. 
the the infamous picture of him next to Suge with the with the Coogee on, like all of that video, the, 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 the video beforehand, all of that shit, bro. The 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 Tyson fight video, like, bro, this is this will be the biggest moment in hip hop. I, like I don't see anything else topping this. Like honestly, like two people got to understand where Tupac was at the time. Uh, he was like you said, kind of the rapper's rapper in regards to the ladies. The streets rock with him. The ladies rock with him. The nerds rock with him. The he crossed over. White folks rock with him. He was in movies. He was, bro, oh, and he was young. He was in his prime. So it it would be somebody of that magnitude in their prime dying suddenly. And I, that just doesn't happen off. Thankfully it just doesn't happen often, right. which is why people compare this to Nipsey because you could feel uh, he was just getting started, so to speak, even though he had been around for a little bit. So it, it felt that he was just at the tip of the iceberg of his prime and he was gunned down seemingly randomly. And um, that was the first big murder of the social media era. So I, that is close because of that, but the person who Pac was, he was just, he was larger than life. And uh, so that that's why this, I, I don't see anything topping this, I promise. Like, even when you talk rap beefs and stuff, like all of this circles back to Tupac. They if two people mention Pac, yeah. Bro, if two people get to beefing tomorrow, you're going to go, man, we don't want it to end up like Tupac. It, like, it's just, there's always this point in which you go back and reference this particular uh, situation. Uh, and it's just... I don't see that changing. This was huge. I can't even really compare it. To, I'm trying to think of some sports shit. I can't, bro. I can't compare it to nothing. It was the biggest deal ever, nigga. Like, <laughs> it's a fact. Like, it, it, and still to this day, like you said, it was the biggest deal, and still is a big deal. Like, there were documentaries released within the last like two, three years. People bro. still talking about this and yep. the Biggie murders. What were there any other things that you even thought of that tried to compare it to when you were trying to say was this the biggest one? Like any other stories? Sports? I mean, it, it, of course. Well, no, I, I'm. I was thinking just on some rap shit. Of course, you have Biggie, but, but yeah, it, even that it didn't seem as like it was big. big obviously, it was big. But yeah, it wasn't this big. Like it, this happened this, first, almost. Yeah, true. And it just stopped. Everything just stopped. Nipsey's the closest, bro, because of social media, in my mm. opinion. Uh, it, everything stopped. I remember where I was at for that. Like, I, I don't th feel like I'm going to forget that anytime soon. But, uh, bro, it, like, Drake would have to – but it had to be something ridiculous, bro. Like, <laughs> I just can't – it had to be something I can't fathom to match yeah. it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, this is I, this story, as far as the legs that it has on it, and there were so many layers, and like you said, Pac was beloved by so many different people – and the the lead up to it, where you had a video, and and then you had a, the trouble with Suge, like it all just it, it was the perfect storm for this right. to last as long as it has, and to be as big a story as it has been. I definitely would like to know what some of the readers younger than us, well, excuse me, some of the listeners younger than us think, or even older than us. Maybe they have a different opinion on what the biggest hip hop story has been for them. But that's a good one, uh, right there. Agreed. And, and and even the conspiracy theories and the, the album coming out and him naming himself Machiavelli and people, oh we looking up what that meant and just everything surrounding it. I just don't see anything. But it was conspiracy theories that, first of all, they're going on to this day. We thought he was still alive. Elvis level shit. Nothing people compared to People thought that. Pac was coming back in seven years. Like yes. that was a a, a seven days, a, seven years, very, seven months. That was a narrative that was going on. People like really believed that he would be back in seven years. No, yeah, that's Crazy, a fact. Crazy, son. All right, so before we get out of here, we're going back down memory lane. Uh, again, this is the Detroit 2 review for I Got Big Sean's album. But the last mm -hmm. quick hit before we get out of here, 18 years ago today, Rockefeller Records was moving and Dane Dash felt it amongst himself to bring in his Harlem counterparts, Dipset, and he wanted to throw his man Cameron on a VP position at Rockefeller Records. My question to you, did this, the VP offer to Cameron from Dane, start the downfall of Rockefeller as we knew it? Um, no, I think the writing was on the wall before then. If you were paying attention closely, you could kind of see Jay had... Uh, one foot in and one foot out. Uh, but number one, I can't believe that this has been 18 years ago. Uh, that's fucking nuts. Uh, I remember this shit like it was yesterday. Jay was on vacation. 
and he came back to Cameron being, uh, you know, given a, a VP position uh, by Dame while Jay was on vacation. I'm sure he came back like, man, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah, this sparked the whole uh, di- beef between them two, right? When he was talking about the shine kleptos with jeans on. Yeah, I mean, well, that was always a kind of a little underlying Harlem versus Brooklyn. It just it was a little bit of tension there previously even if it was warranted or not but this was this was likely the straw that broke everything I, I i would like to think if this doesn't happen well no i think the rock would still break up i, I think if they didn't ha- i think if this didn't happen the rock would still because it was already just it was already on the edge i think jay was seeing the differences between him and dame and how they do business and how the way dame acted or was perceived in the business was closing doors for him. And um, so I, I think he was on the way out anyway. He just made it. He just gave him the rope. This, he made it easy for him to, to skate. You said an important word there, rope. And this is exactly what Hove was doing. Just giving Dame enough rope, making uh, making moves like this as far as putting Cameron at the head of VP. Even though, I mean, it may not have been a bad idea. We've seen what Cameron did with Dipset, but for Ooh. probably Jay to come and say, well, he's at the same table with me making decisions in my company without me uh, okaying it. Nah, cool nah. off that. Uh, but the writing was on the wall. I think that even before this happens, Jay-Z was in rooms without Dame Dash. Meetings started to happen, and Dame started talking about this. Like, things started to happen as to, well, we want to talk directly to Jay. And Dame yep. was like, well, what am I here to do if we just you, you guys just want to talk directly to Jay? My job is supposed to be the business part of it. He the artist, so he don't got to worry about it. Once Jay started worrying about the business part of it, that's when they started, you know, things started to uh, go left. And yep. then, like you said, when you're making decisions, like, I'm okay, if, if you're not fucking with me, I'm going to bring Cam in, let Cam do his thing, and I'm going to have this going. No, bro, it's not. All of those things are just more motivation for Jay-Z not to be the bad guy. He was just looking for ways exactly. out where he didn't have to be the bad guy. Oh, you're going to name Cameron VP, or you're going to sign Beanie. Twista, no, you're going to do these things. Oh, okay, cool. Now when I leave, you look like a sporadic, crazy person, and I'm making the best decision for me. Now, he made happened. it easy for him. And, and that's, that's the one thing I think Dame leaves out. From the, from the outside looking in, the perception is that Dame was all over the place. He was doing, he was doing things. The, the left hand was doing things. It wasn't telling the right hand and the perception again, it looked like that's how shit was going on. And in public eye perception is reality, dude. So Jay, Dame made it simple. Jay had an easy out to be like, man, it's too much Sam Ross team and I ain't a bitch, but I got to divorce him. Like, he just made it easy for him, bro. And I will ask this, though. Will we ever see the day that the two talk on maybe a podcast platform or maybe, uh, not Breakfast Club, but some type of interview format, will we ever get a Dame and Jay conversation? I feel like that would be big if on, on title or something of that nature. That should be fucking fire. Or it just has been too much mud sling back at each other. I think it would be a good conversation. I don't think that Jay-Z has any incentive to have it, though. Like, I think that he knows Dame well enough to know that it's not going to go well. Like, I ain't necessarily saying that they would become come to fisticuffs, right. but it's going to be some 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 sensitive topics that neither one of them, I feel like, is men want to address in front of each other with the world watching. Like, yeah, Which we talk like about Aaliyah it. or something like that? No, 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 not even or that. Business. I'm just talking about business, yeah. Like, like from my perception of it, it with Jay-Z and Dame, it wasn't that Dame necessarily was doing shit that Jay disagreed with. I feel like that it was more so Dame was doing shit that, that Jay was like, this ain't, like we built this together. Right, right. And us right. building this together, Dame was compromising what it even was. Like you putting us at risk too much. And I don't think Jay is as much of a risk taker as Dame is. And that's not a bad thing. Right, right. Um, but I don't think that that's a, I think that the conversation can become volatile because you could say as Jay-Z, look at you, you wanted to take risk, Dame Dash. Now you in court every other week. I ain't saying that you broke or anything like right, that, but right, you're right. not me. Right. You're not like you're not on the Forbes list for a billion dollars. And it just depends on the goals that people have as to where Dane would consider himself successful. But I do think 
that that conversation where Jay would be like, you were wrong. And Dane would be like, well, I was only wrong because I don't agree with what you wanted. Right. I wasn't trying to be the billionaire, my nigga. I, I turned the company from nothing to millions and I'm, I'm going to flip it any way I can. If I lose, okay, we'll do it again. And I don't think Jay necessarily wanted that. Jay wasn't like, no, lose. My nigga, we up right. this many million? How would you even fathom losing? And I don't think Dame look at it the same way. And then that conversation, I think, turns ugly in, in person. So yeah. I, they don't want to do that with the world watching because my biggest thing in either in this has always been, I don't necessarily see Dame as wrong. It's just two different sets of opinion. And right. Jay looks right. If people will say, well, he got a billion dollars and I don't know what Dame has. Jay definitely looks right. But if the, the, the opinion of it is like my perception or my mind frame is just different from yours. There is no right or wrong answer to it. I don't think. Uh, agreed. But unfortunately that's not how it would play out if they were to sit exactly. together. Um, exactly. th- and, and this is going to sound funny, but this just happened. The Brandy and Monica battle just happened. And, and that was the first time they had been in the same room for years and years and years. And people were joking about the tension in the room because you could see it. You could cut it with a knife. Mm-hmm. The reason that there was tension is because they're two different types of people. And I also think Jay and Cam, excuse me, Jay and Dame, I think they're two different types of people in terms of personality. And uh, that's to stop right there. And I let you get yep. your point. But that's the reason and I don't think you ever see them sitting in front of each other and addressing it because Dame Dash was under the impression in the beginning that him and Jay were the same. Mm. Like you didn't, you didn't let me know that your motives changed or that you were looking to be this big titan of business. Like it was always supposed to be me, you and Biggs, and we taking this from nothing and we making it something in this hours and we building something for us. I don't think that, that Dame was aware of the shift in Jay-Z's perception of what he wanted to be, which is what we see now. So. If real quick, if Jay, because yeah, that's essentially, I agree a thousand percent. There are two different types of people. Uh, Dame's uh, approach to things is a little more abrasive. It's a little more aggressive. Jay is very, or comes off as very relaxed, a little more, you know, calculated. A, a little more calculated with the plays. Um, do you think if Jay offered Dame a position at title tomorrow, would he take it? No, absolutely not. Which I don't know if it really? is. No, nah, he's not taking that. Because Dame Dash, in my opinion, just That's from nuts. the Rapper Club interviews and Dame Dash Studios, I think that his response would be, how would I do that? And I got Dame Dash Studios or yeah, okay. whatever he's doing. And I'm not trying to be funny at all, but I just I don't am. think that Dame Dash will put himself in a position where he's going to be working under Jay-Z. Like he just, I don't think that Dame Dash is the type of guy that could take that. Yeah, 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 it's true. Right, he it's ain't true. the type of guy that like that ain't his style, right there. Yeah, that ain't his style, and I, and like I say, I ain't necessarily saying that's, that's the right style. decision at all. Like right. Jay Z offered that man a job, and it, it's a good lucrative paying job, and you might want to take it. But hey, what what do you say? What do you think? Yeah, no, nah, he. You know what? I, I thought about it. I was thinking that he would, but Dame wouldn't swallow his pride like that. It's too much. That's too tough of a pill to swallow, bro. And, and this it, is not his style either. Like, it's, and that's, and that's the cool. thing for Dame. It, it, the big thing right. that I think people don't understand is like, I don't think that they perceive each other as enemies. Like Jay don't mm. think, look at Dame as an enemy and, and Dame don't look at Jay as an enemy. But I think both of them are hurt by Jay probably thought that Dame would grow into the guy that he is. And Dame probably thought that Jay was going to stay the guy that he knew. And right. that's where their big misconceptions with each other come from and why I don't think those fences have been mended because they didn't, I don't think they articulated to each other, hey, this is what I'm on. And the other yeah. one could have been like, well, hey, this is what I'm on. Can we meet somewhere in the middle? Like that conversation was never had. It's like, I'm over here to the left, you over here to the right. It's a cold war going on. Boom, it's over. I ain't gonna lie though, that, that one-on-one would be must-see TV. so good. That would be oh so Oh my good. God. I don't know who can who could moderate it or, I, I don't know. JVP, Joe Budden, that's it, 100%. Joe Budden would get that live cracking, not the whole podcast, just the pull-up though. The one-on-one with Joe. Joe would have that right. Never Tell heard of him. That would be fire. Um. Yeah, well, do not hold your breath on that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, man, we've got uh, a new album to speak of, guys. Big Sean, Detroit 2. Um, almost to the day of Detroit 1, uh, his mixtape from several years back. 
God, we talked about our expectations last week. You know how we get down expectations, initial thoughts, highlights, lowlights, and then we'll have a rating. But we talked about our expectations last week. So I wanted to switch it up just a little bit for this particular review. I don't know if what your view of Twitter and Instagram was when this Big Sean came out, but from my perspective, I saw a lot of people that didn't like Big Sean that I wasn't necessarily aware of. Uh, there was a lot of people who were saying he was lame or just not, not a fan. And I didn't realize he didn't have this many. It kind of reminded me of J. Cole when he came out with Snow on the Bluff. I didn't really realize how many people didn't like J. Cole like that. That was kind of, it was a little eye-opening. Um, the same thing for Big Sean. Did you not see that? And you're looking at me sideways. Was it, what yeah, was the put, perspective you from your end? The internet's disdain for Big Sean is in the rundown. I just don't understand what disdain came from. There was a lot of it. I, I saw he was lame. I saw he was corny. This has been uh, his criticism his whole career, though. I didn't know that. That's what I'm saying. This know, is new to me. And I'm not being funny here, but do you know any people from Detroit? Yes. Do they like him? I've never heard them shit on him, but I don't, don't know if they talk like about him, though. though I think the, what I've always... I know a couple of people from Detroit. What I've always known, people don't hate Big Sean, but he isn't Detroit to them. Like, he ain't, like, even with Eminem, and it ain't a white-black thing. I don't want people to think it's a race thing. Well, he was raised in the suburbs because, nah, it's not that. It's like Detroit breed a certain type of person. Like, if you look at interviews from Cash Dog, Bodie James, Royce, uh, 42 Doug, most of the people on the Detroit, the, the Friday Night Freestyle. Detroit, there's a certain type of person that a Detroit person is. And D Big Sean never really has given that off and some people criticize him a lot for that like because well, he rep he rep it to the death of it so when you say disdain i just think that people don't think that he's an accurate representation of that city i've seen that a lot but i haven't seen any hating well, i wouldn't call it that i don't think that nobody say he can't rep I, I i've seen several people on twitter who were saying he was lame square whack um shout out to I my guy cash god he said he was a black logic um, and here's the thing, and I, I understand the Detroit perspective, but unless uh, Twitter is a Detroit only app, which would be very interesting because I'm on it and I'm not from fucking eight miles. So I'm trying to understand what it was that Big Sean did. If somebody can please send me the link, uh, if they can tag me in something, I, because I, I, I missed it. I just, I don't get. What are you missing? How, I don't understand what you're saying you're missing. Because they're saying he, he was like square. Like usually when people are lame or corny, they've got several different ex examples of getting that title. Chance the Rapper is lame and corny. I can name you 10 different reasons why I say that about him. Big I need someone is a Detroit to, version of that. Like he ain't far off from Chance. No. Yeah, that's the same thing. Like they in the same lane. Uh, Chance the Rapper and Big Sean are the same thing, bro. No, that's not true. I disagree yes, with they that. are. Yeah, yeah like they that. Like and Big Sean logic was going. Logic was going a little far. And Big Sean is yes, he's one hundred percent a better rapper than Chance the Rapper. But if we're talking about personality and artist type and the type of crowd that the people are going for, and that Big Sean and Chance the Rapper are one hundred percent in the same packaging. Absolutely not. That's yeah. the most disrespectful shit I've ever heard in my life. Actually. So Chance the you're, you're, slow. you're confused as to why people are calling Big Sean lame or you're confused? Yeah, as I, I just want, I'm confused. I just want people to send, to tell me why, show me why he's lame. What has he done or said to make him lame? That's all I want to know. Just shoot, listen, anybody out there who believes Big Sean is the lamest rapper on earth, shoot me the link or two or three, because there has to be a plethora of examples about <laughs> how hard similar people are going to, in on It's similar to people saying that, like you said, J. Cole puts them to sleep. Now, there are slow, low-tempo J. Cole songs that you can say, man, I ain't really into that shit. Yeah, I can understand that. He made a song called about folding clothes, bro. I, that's my point. I, but, somebody could cite so that. Here's the point. J. Cole is a top three or most considered maybe the best rapper. Yeah, Usually... Usually you don't have that type of content from a rapper that's that skilled or a rapper that's perceived to be that good, that right. high up on the list, one to three. Usually when you have a rapper from Detroit, it's 42 Doug, it's Payroll, it's T Grizzly, 
it's even Eminem. There's a roughness about them. There's like an edginess to them. Even Royce has it, but Big Sean ain't got no edge. There's Nobody not, cares about that, bro. That's not. But you're asking, story, bro. you're asking me <laughs> about the corny. That's why people perceive him as corny. I ain't saying that people care about it. I'm telling you why people perceive him as corny. You're, you're no telling me why people from Joy Road perceive him as corny. I'm talking about Rose? everybody else. I'm telling you why the people from Twitter perceive him as corny because oh, just like with J. Cole, a top three rapper doesn't put out the type of stuff that he does. Just like with Big Sean, people from Detroit don't come off that way. Don't matter where you're from, you know what people from Detroit come off right. So I'm not talking about a Joy Road person. I'm talking about a person from Oakland, Miami, Nashville. When they meet people from Detroit, it ain't Big Sean. That's the I, thing on the internet that, you, that you're getting. I've never it's heard anybody say that, though. No. That's all I'm saying. Welcome to I'm, welcome to my perspective. Usually, no one people don't have my perspective. No one has said that. No one. You, nobody has been like, man. Normally, when a Detroit guy comes out, they're like T Grizzly. I like T Grizzly. What? Man, but you're stop. saying that people are calling him lame, though. That's a fact. Then you're saying, he's not oh, I don't know why people are calling him lame. I'm telling you why they're calling him lame, and then you're responding and saying, "Oh, that's not it." Wait, no. I said <laughs> I've never heard it. But I'm telling you, thing. that's what it is, though. You're asking, you're saying, where does it come from? I hear this all the time from people saying it about Big Sean. He doesn't represent Detroit for me. You said you nobody don't talk from, to people from Detroit. I know more than one person from Detroit that said this. And I'm what I'm saying is that's fine for everybody that's from Detroit. Cool. Excluding them because that's not who's on my Twitter timeline. Mm -hmm. They're not. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the rest of the world outside of Detroit. <laughs> So are they're you. saying the same thing. And I, matter of fact, I've never heard anybody from Detroit say he was Lance. I, I can't even take that perspective. I'm only speaking for the rest of the hip hop fan community on social media. I saw a ton of man, dude is whack. Dude is lame. Here's another whack album. Here's another lame album. It's got three songs on it. I heard a lot of that. And it, it, it came from a place of them not liking the artist himself and not necessarily the music that's coming out of him. So when you say not liking the artist, you think that they think that he can't rap? No, I think that it's a personality thing. You know how sometimes you just can't get past somebody's, you know, Kanye does some goofy shit. And so you're like, man, I don't like, now I don't like the shoes. I don't like the city of Chicago. I don't like nothing Chicago related because Kanye is corny to me. So now he, he kind of rubs off on everything else. It's kind of like that. The, that's the vibe that I was getting. That's all. Oh, and I was yeah. just wondering, somebody just sent me a link. Just send me a link, mm -hmm. man. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. Where's the link? And don't say because he's not like Bodie James. Like, stop, bro. Bodie James been rap for 15 years, and we're just now talking about him, bro. Like, where was everybody at 10 years saying, ago? What does that have to do with how long he's been rapping? Like, you're saying that you don't understand why people are calling him lame. I'm giving you a clear perspective as to why. It's because he does it if, from any city. If it was Nashville and a rapper blew up and was from Nashville, and we were like, I don't think he seems like the type of guy that comes from our city, then people universally, not just from Nashville, are going to get that because he doesn't seem like the rest of the stuff that comes from there. I didn't get that. That's where the lame comes from. Well, you're not the one that are calling him lame. You're asking why That's people true. are calling him lame. Obviously, you're not going to get it because you don't think he's lame. Yeah, he's just like a regular dude. <laughs> exactly. He's a regular nigga. That's it. There are no regular niggas from Detroit. That's the point. That's like that, true. you don't, there are no regular, you just told me you don't know people from Detroit. I didn't say that. I, I said never I never met a regular nigga from Detroit. I never I met a regular nigga from Detroit. Yeah, I said I have. Maybe he was regular. from Auburn Hills. I've never, <laughs> met, I've never met nobody regular from Detroit. Shout out to my Pistons, though. Fact. Uh, but no, the, the, the hate was nuts. I, again, just send me a link, tag me, somebody. Um, please let me know the reason. Is it because he doesn't act like T Grizzly? Okay, that's fine. I'll take that. No one said. Somebody that. just let me know. No one said he because he didn't act like T Grizzly. <laughs> I said he didn't act like Detroit player. Like T T Grizzly and Royce don't act the same, do they? No, they don't. That's why I'm confused. I mentioned Royce's name. T. Grizzly Eminem don't act the same, but they still Absolutely act not. like they're from Detroit. I, well, I don't know what that means. Obviously, because you said you don't know anybody or talk to people from Detroit. I know a few for the 30th time. Now you know time. a few since you're wrong. Now I said that earlier. Fuck. But you said you didn't get their perspectives. You said you haven't talked to anybody from Detroit about Big Sean. This is coming from people from Detroit that have told me this, not the Twitter timeline. Yeah, I'm 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 only speaking for Twitter. But okay, gotcha. Back, I, I he doesn't come off as lame to me. That's just me personally. Uh, but you're not from Detroit. This album, 
so this first of all, let's get to what we thought when we first heard it. When you heard when you first heard it, um, aside from him not being Detroit, what else did you think of the album uh, Detroit Two? <laughs> um, it's long, and we were I seen the track list. I think we mentioned that coming into it. Um, I mean, it's, it, I was expecting this to be his blueprint, as I said, and that's where that's where you lost yourself. Yeah, hey man, his version of Blueprint, I expected this to be at this stage in his career, and it just it didn't give me enough personable stuff. So as I listen to it and, and go through this, of course, Big Sean is rapping his ass off, uh, but there weren't enough songs like um, Full Circle. I expected more stuff like Full Circle since he's been away for a while, giving us insight onto why he makes stuff like zone the fuck out or why he makes stuff like feed because I was a there, there's songs that he's saying some deep stuff on there, but he ain't really giving his personal perspective of it. And when the nigga say that he raps like logic now, I type, I kind of understand it. Like I didn't get it when a motherfucker before I go into it, listening to it. Uh, but as Gotti pointed out, when he put it on that timeline, like he's like the black logic, I kind of see what he means. He's, it's, it's a lot of fluff and there's a lot of keywords for things that are going on, but it just never hits home personally for me. That was my original takeaway. What was yours? Yeah, you, when, when you said you were expecting this to be a blueprint, expectations, listen guys, I they're gonna let you down 97% of the time. version of it. I'm not expecting him to have Kanye West. That's what I mean. Yeah, that, yeah that's not, what I'm saying. I wouldn't, that wasn't my expectation though. I clearly said his, from a personal perspective, the reason why Blueprint was so good is because it was Jay-Z's declaration of being just Jay-Z, in my opinion, to going to that next level of big dog in the rap world. So when I say Blueprint, that's what I meant for Big Sean. Like his personal declaration as to uh, I was this and now I'm taking my step as a big dog. He didn't take a step as a big dog on this album. Man, I, I thought when I first heard this, I made it about halfway through in one sitting. I was about like number 10, number 11. And shout out to my guy, Bird, he hit me up. And he was also halfway through. So we had a little inside the NBA uh, halftime show discussion about the album and where we were at with it so far. And I was really feeling it. Um, I'm not sure in terms of not being personable enough, what exactly you wanted past him speaking about stuff that he's never even spoke about, like growing up with the heart disease and being diagnosed with that and how he was able to kind of overcome that or him losing a child with Janai. Like, I don't know what else you were looking for in terms of how personable you wanted him to be, but he sprinkled that throughout even just the first half. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I caught those and thought those were very interesting tidbits and bars that he sprinkled in. And so I wanted to actually run it back before I even got a chance to finish it because I was really feeling the first half um, of the project. And I, I feel like he says relatable shit. Uh, generally speaking, just on from a real nigga perspective, he, he said some pretty relatable bars, and I thought he, he doubled down on those um, on, on this album. Eventually, as I was on my road trip back from Nashville, I got a chance to run this back a few times. Um, and I, 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 I grew to like it kind of the more that I listen to it. I'm a fan of his. I think he's got maybe one or two misses. Uh, that Hall of Fame album, I think, was terrible. And his debut album was just some LaCool. Uh, but I do like Dark Sky Paradise. I think that's the closest he'll probably get to a classic. And I liked I Decided as well. Um, so the last two or three projects I've been feeling, the first two, not so much. Uh, but uh, I, I like this when I heard it. I thought he had the clever bars, the unpredictable flows like he always does. And the production was strong. So uh, my first initial thoughts, I was fucking with him, man. Like, dude, be spitting. I, I like the way he raps. I like the shit he's talking about, generally speaking. And I, you know, I, I like some of the little duets and shit on here. He just, he just can make music, in my opinion, much more now than he could before. Um, so I, the progression is there, in my opinion. And uh, I, I, I was feeling it when I first listened to it, without question. It is a long album, though. Obviously. Definitely can make music. Yeah, he definitely can make music. He's good at what he does as far as rapping and, and coming up with like little clever hooks and, and clever stuff of that uh, nature. But it still sounds like an early Big Sean project to me. It, it, I don't really see much growth from this, from Dark uh, Paradise. Like to me, those are, if, if you 
just drop me out of the sky and say, hey, here's the new Big Sean album. It could be that one or this one. I don't think that there's a lot of growth in between the two uh, was my biggest complaint. Um, and for him to be away for so long, I, that should have been the first thing I picked up on is how much he's matured or grown. Like he did touch on the things with Janae, he touched on uh, dealing with the heart disease and going to a holistic doctor and those things that are magnesium cool. opinion. Yeah, those things are good in passing, um, but just more depth to the stuff that he was talking about for me would have been dope. Yes, yeah, what's worked for you? Um, some of the highlights: A one production. Kudos to Hip Boy. Uh, I think he's flexing his producer muscles in 2020. He had a chance to helm Nas's joint, which which I thought was good. He had a chance to helm this which I thought was also good. Um, I thought Lucky Me was fire, um, the song in which he referenced the heart disease. And then I, I liked the way that that transitioned into the second half of the song. I thought that was dope. I thought Don Life with Wayne was fire. And, of course, Friday Night Cypher was a highlight as well. I thought that worked. I'm actually surprised people don't do posse cuts more often. Uh, usually when they're done correctly, they're, they're, they stand out. Um, on, on a lot of people's projects. So I'm surprised people don't do that more often. Even the songs that I didn't necessarily love, I thought they had good concepts. So I could find something that I liked on most of the records. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Full Circle, but I love the concept of it though. I like what he was talking about. I'm not the biggest fan of, um, of Feed, but I like what he was talking about on it though. So I he gave me a little something, whether it be the full song, which I rocked with, or maybe just the thought or the concept or the idea of the song that I rock with on here. So um, those were, those are my highlights and what I think worked uh, for the album. What, what did you think worked? So your highlights were lucky me and the production. You just named full circle and feed is what you didn't like. Right. Uh, full circle. I liked, I, I liked the concept more than I like the song itself. I'm still giving that a highlight though. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because even the stuff on here, I, I'm not going to be like, man, full circle, trash, trash. No, it wasn't so much trash. Like, what, what do you mean about those that you didn't like? I don't... I, I, the, to me, the full circle, the beat was just okay. And I didn't know if Diddy was needed uh, for that particular song. But I love the when he would talk about, I, I grew up listening to Big. Now I grew up and they're calling me big or the, you know, the watch is this and I grew up in this. And the, like, I like the, the bars that he had in there saying how life comes full circle and how this was me as a kid. And now this is me now. I thought it was clever. I just don't like the song that much, but it, again, the concept made me at least like it uh, uh, at least a little bit. Normally I'd be like, nah, that ain't it. It's trash or skip, but I still listen to it though. Even though I, I think the song is just cool. That's what I'm saying. So that's why it still falls into a highlight for me. Well, Full Circle was definitely my favorite song on there. Or when I was talking about being personable, I feel like that was what I meant. Did he even said it in the uh, ad libs? It was like people don't make shit like this anymore. I think Big Sean yeah. don't make shit like it. And and the, what I mean, like you said, he was talking about what got him to this point of being a rapper, like some of the things that motivated him, some of the things that tie into him being Big Sean. And those are my expectations when a, a project is called Detroit, like I'm looking for what made you go that route. Like I'm looking for a reflection of the city. I'm looking for those things for you to go all the way in on the concept of it. Full circle definitely worked for me. Lucky me, another one. I like that. I like that what he was doing with that. I like how he was skating in and out. The production was great. Uh, also just, it was a concept I think he took from Jay-Z's volume one with song with the same name, I think called Lucky Me. A similar concept. Um, if you guys are not familiar with that, go check it out. And Feed. Feed, I think, after Full Circle is my favorite song on there. So that's what made mm, me interesting. I was wondering why you named those specifically, because we didn't collab before this, and those were <clears> the <throat> ones that I have written down as my favorites. So Feed, Full Circle, Lucky Me, those were the things that I was looking for <clears throat> throughout the album. I was looking for that type of interest in, in, in being that type of person throughout the album and giving us some insight in those type of ways. So that's what worked the most for me. Did uh, you fuck with Friday Night Cypher? Absolutely. You oh, okay. said that. Like, that's a given. I do wish, I hope that people run with this and we get more of these posse cuts. I think one of, 
if someone were to do it next, you need someone like Yo Gotti from Memphis to do it. Right hard. now, that would be fire. That'd be hard. You could get some dope shit done with that. Um, but I would definitely agree with you, like more posse cuts, putting people on the city. Uh, yep. Even when they were talking about what the girls doing it, uh, as far as a female rapper wave, I'd love to see that right now. Yep. Uh, so that that could be fire. It could be a dope trend going into 2021 that I hope it picks up on. Uh, Who's that Friday night cypher? Who was your three? What was your three? Who you think had the three hardest verses on there? And there's no wrong answer. Just preferably, uh, who did you rock with? Man, T Grizzly ripped it. Uh, mm. I was surprised by his verse. If I had to pick three, I'm gonna go T Grizzly, uh, Forty Two Doug, and Payroll. A Payroll really verse like was hard. Verse, yeah. Who would you say? I like Payroll. I actually like. I thought Cash Doll verse was slick too. Yeah. Um. And I thought, I mean, I thought M snapped too, though. Um, I thought he did his thing on there too. Um, but I, one thing I didn't like, though, I mean, this is nitpicking, though. I, I loved how they how they beats catered to who it was that was rapping yeah. over. I thought that was super dope, but I hated that they had Royce rap over the Sada style beat, the Sada baby style beat. I ain't like that. Yeah. I ain't, that didn't fit to me. He should have went with that. We gonna make it. I thought that would have been better. Exactly. That, that would have been like better for yeah, I agree with you there. He would have he would have snapped on that. I ain't like him over that side of baby beat though. That song but, was hard though. Like I love that song. What did who, you what, think about this? Go ahead. What song? You talking about the cipher itself? Yeah, the cipher itself. Just, oh yeah, that just was shit. Flipping everybody in there and putting it together like that. That was I, when they dropped the track list, and that's what I was most excited to see. And here it was all of them together. What did you think about those skits with Stevie Wonder, Erica Badu, and Dave Chappelle? Yeah, I thought they were dope. He did that on Detroit One. Uh, he yeah. did the same thing. It was story by, and I think it was Snoop. Uh, I think T.I. had one, and I, I can't remember if there was a third one. But, yeah, he did the same thing on there. So I was expecting that. I knew exactly what that was when I saw it. So, um, yeah, I liked it. I, I really – the Dave Chappelle skit was dope. Uh, he's a good storyteller, obviously. Um, and I, I was a little let down. I thought Stevie was going – when I seen the Stevie feature or the pictures of him in the studio, I thought we was going to get some harmonica <laughs> – Shit on here like I eat lace. Travis needed Scott. That Stevie feature. <laughs> I needed that feature, but it was just a story. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of cool too. All right, I fucked with it. What would you think? I, it was okay. I was. I wasn't. I knew that they did it on Detroit One. I was expecting a little bit more relevance. I know one. He said, uh, "Was it Dave Chappelle said he met his dad?" Yeah. They, they just. I, yeah, and Erica Badu cool. talked about Detroit and how she uh, yeah had to tie into it. Hers was kind of weird. Like I, I feel like he tried to force those too much. They weren't Hers really very organic. Weird. Yeah, so I mean, but that's Erica Badu. Right. Um, also, what worked for me were the features from um, Dom. I think Dom is on a fucking hit streak. He lacing mm. people with the features this year, going all the way back to Games album. Uh, I think Young Thug did his thing on the feature, and I absolutely think not. Oh, wait a second. It. Absolutely what? murdered that. Oh, ran, I ran that back immediately. Y'all niggas be gassing back immediately. The legend uh, that is Young Thug, man. Y'all niggas be gassing Young Thug. He tore bro. that down. That nigga gonna be talking about shit. He tore that down. No. Absolutely. I'm not mad at that song, but he wasn't, he wasn't talking about a goddamn thing, though. He tore that down. <laughs> ripped it. I ripped it. What didn't work? Um, zone the fuck out. I feel like was super lame. What? Yeah, I'm just lame. Zen the fuck out. Excuse me, is lame. Damn. Uh, I think that's part of the reason that Big Sean gets flack. Like he was ripping it. It sounds good, but like, where you gonna play that in the club? Like, where, where is that gonna be played at the function? To sit back, to zen the fuck out. You waking up to that in the morning? Like that shit weird. Um, I didn't like wolves. I don't like Bud Light music. Um, so. I mean, the little harmonizing was cool. It was about what I expected from um, Post Malone, but I, I wasn't here for it. Didn't fuck with Lithuania. Didn't like that. I, I really wasn't here for the Travis Scott feature. Oh, now I feel like they could that was cutting room floor material. And and time in. I really wasn't fucking with time in either. Yeah, that, um, I fuck with that Wolves, though, even though I'm not a Post Malone guy, but I thought that Wolves worked. Um, I, for what I, I didn't like, uh, I thought the Travis Scott song was super mid, super mid, and I th- and I thought it started off like it was gonna be hard though. Like the little beat at the very beginning is tough, and then it completely switches, and it 
Travis Scott don't even sound. He didn't sound good on that on that beat, man. I was like, nah, that ain't it, bro. Go away, Travis Scott, right there. Yeah, that wasn't nothing. Even though it's it take a lot for a nigga like Travis Scott to miss it. He missed. Yeah, he that was a miss. That that feature was pointless. I thought it sounded better when Sean was on it. Like I was like, okay, I can listen to this, but you got to get through the Travis Scott part. He wasn't talking about shit. Um, I thought the song "The Baddest" was trash. Uh, that's that's just not good. I get it. It's got like the. Um, I think that's a movie sample of some sort. I don't know, but that it, it was forced. That beat is terrible. Um, and like I said, I, I thought Feed was just some little cool. Um, but other other than that, though, I was rocking with it. I, the, the Dom shit is banging, though. That's a, that was, I thought that was a great way to end the album. Um, that's Still Our Rise. That shit was fire. Shit was fire. And, of, and of course, um, I'm, Captain Obvious was the deep reverence with Nipsey. That song is stupid. Um, I thought that shit went dumb hard. So, I mean, there was shit on here that I didn't rock with, but generally speaking, I thought it was good. If I had to give it a rating, I'd say three and a half reels. I thought it was banging. Uh, it was a banging album. Uh, the, the 20 tracks or however long it is that, that doesn't bother me because I thought it flowed. Um, when I'm skipping uh, two or three that I'm just not really rocking with, but I was cool with it, man. That time in is a nice vibe though. Him and Janai actually make pretty good music together. Um, they, they had that 2088 project that was good. A lot of people fuck with that project, and I thought it was pretty solid. They make good shit, so that, that was cool. cool. I'm giving it three good worth streaming. Uh, stick right there with it. It's a dope. It's a good album, worth streaming, worth checking out. Big Sean always lyrically exercising, so you know he's gonna do his thing there. So it's good worth streaming. Man, uh, you guys let us know what you thought of the Big Sean album. Hit us up at On Deck TV Podcast on Instagram and go to Facebook for the Rap Chat group. Let us know, man. Did the Big Sean live up to your expectations? Was it just okay? Was it fire? Was it whack? Is he lame? If he's lame, send me the clips of him being lame because I would love to know why and where you guys are getting this from. Uh, we got some W's to, and some L's to hand out. Speaking of Travis Scott, other than that L of a verse on uh, Detroit 2, we have a W. Uh, to Travis Scott for being the second celebrity ever with a McDonald's combo meal collab. Um, you can get that Cactus Jack meal. Uh, here's the meal right here with McDonald's starting this week. It's a quarter pounder with bacon, lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, and mustard, fries with barbecue sauce and a Sprite. Fries you know with who the, barbecue sauce? That's fire, though. You don't, you don't use barbecue sauce? With, what? You don't dip McDonald's the fries in barbecue sauce? Nah, you ain't never done that at McDonald's either. Though. You I promise. McDonald's, well, well, first of all, I haven't awesome. had McDonald's in 20 years. But <laughs> if I were to have fries, barbecue, I do it at Chick-fil-A, though. Yeah, yeah I could see it at Chick-fil-A, not McDonald's, though. It's the same thing. That low-key, though, the meal is actually kind of fire, though. If this was like 98, what a is, quarter yeah, pounder I mean, with bacon and lettuce. Why, <laughs> why, do you contribute this to the Kylie relationship? Like, why, how do you think that he's the second... A celebrity ever to get one of these? Who was he? He's, he's the he's the most popular rapper under thirty, without question. That's why. Mm. Do you know who the other celebrity was that had a McDonald meal? Mm. It's in the nineties. I'll give you a clue. In the nineties, mm-hmm. no clue. Uh, his name is Jordan. Uh, the Jordan the Mc, meal. He had the Mick Jordan. Really? Yep. I don't remember the Mick Jordan. What was that? I don't know, but it, it definitely it definitely <laughs> happened. It was a Big Mac. <laughs> Probably. Who knows? Uh, I'm pulling up, though. I'm going to get it and get some toys and shit. They come with, I think they come with, like, some toys. That's um, we got another W to NLE Chopper. He said he is done making violent songs because, quote, he's got more to talk about now. You think that's a win for uh, NLE Chopper? He's switching up the content? Yeah, I commend him for this. That's dope. Um, if he can stick to it, I, I look forward to it. Even if he can't stick to it, to make the declaration to say that he wanted to try it, I'm I'm here for that. Because with everything going on, just something different. Like, and NLE Chopper, a ratchet nigga, too. Like, he Facts. got some ratchet songs out there. So for him to say, hey, I'm going to give this a shot because I'm recognizing what's going on out there, I think that's a W for the culture. And that's, his, that's, the, that's the type of shit that put him on, though. The shot of flow is, a, you mm-hmm. know, action action music that that put him on but I, I like him man he's 17 years old he's on the right path we talked about this not too long ago he owns his own masters uh he turned the big dog deal down you know to own his own masters so he got a bright future ahead of him shout out to nle chopper um we got a, one more l to hand out to kanye west for spending six million dollars so far on his presidential run which we all know he will not win 
tell me, please tell me the silver lining in spending this much money on a presidential run that you're not going to win. Is there something to this? Yeah, advertising for his album. <laughs> he doesn't have one. I <laughs> see desperate boy shoes or whatever he, whatever it is he's marketing for. He's recognized that his marketing budget has to be a lot different from other people. So if he got to run for president to sell shoes, I feel like Kanye West is he's taking that. He's like, okay, cool. And I'm he doesn't so have he, to do that. His shoes were already selling, which is why I'm confused. This is a six million dollar L. Stop I the mean, bullshit, Kanye. I think to stay relevant, to stay relevant, you can't mm. just. Can't just say I'm selling a billion dollars for shoes and sit on the couch and make mid music. You got to do something, and this is it. Oh my God. Um, on Decker of the Week, man, we're going to Facebook, the rap chat. Shout out Keyshawn Brown. He's been rocking with us for, the, for a stretch. He posed a very dope question What age were you when hip hop influenced and molded you the most? What were you listening to? Do you have an Great answer for question. that, sir? Absolutely. That's a great question. Shout out to Keyshawn. He's been rocking with us for a while. I'm going to say 94, 95, 96, like most influential years that consisted of a lot of UGK, a lot of Mm. ghetto boys, Tupac, Master P, Scarface. Like that, those, that, that's the holy grail of like, and if it was local music, I remember Cool Daddy Fresh came out around that time and Pistol. (laughs) Uh, So like that, that, that's what like, Got my palate to where it is in hip hop. What about you? Yeah, I, it's easy. 97, 97 when True to the Game came out. Uh, that was probably what influenced me the most. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It had a questionnaire in the CD book. And it was the question, it was 10 questions that said, are you true to the game? And you had to answer the questions, yes or no. And depending on how you answered them, uh, determine on whether you were true to the game or not. So I, I remember that CD and specifically answering that question like it was the SAT. And I passed, of course, because I'm a, a true motherfucker, obviously. And that was a big thing for me. I just, I like the music was super hard, but it wasn't, um, uh, there was a balance to it. I always thought P had a nice balance to the street shit versus kind of the realities of the street shit and what could come with that. If you were, if you know, you want to jump off in that game. So uh, he was always quick to be, you know, we hustle to eat, not because it's cool and stuff like that. So I always, I always took that, that kind of hard. I thought that was a real way of looking at it and not just look at this Benz, look at this Beamer that I'm in and not just flossing with it. Like how some people kind of look at some artists today is they're only given one side. So um, 97, easily true to the game without question. Uh, great question, though. Shout out to Keyshawn Brown. Yes. We appreciate that, big dog. Uh, what do you have to put me on, sir? I'm glad you freaking ask. It's a book, and that book is about caste systems in the United States. It was written by Isabella Wilkerson, and it's called Cast the Origins of Our Discontents. And it's about how um, it's comparing the United States racial system to the caste systems of India. Uh, Really, really good book as far as the perspective of uh, black people. And I know we were having a conversation with the chick from, not the chick, our friend from uh, Black Pod Collective about, you know, different things. And it's made me want to read this book and kind of have some answers to questions that we were talking about offline that I'm going to have for next time. Better believe it. But um, this is a really good book breaking down uh, the thought processes behind black and white and and the setups that they have in America. It's really, really good. That's dope. What's the name of it again? It's called Cast the Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel, Isabel Wilkerson. Okay. Really, really good. Definitely dope. Um, audible too, so you can listen to it. I need that. Um, for me, and I, man, I cannot remember if I've said this before. I hope not, because I just you know how sometimes when you own demand and they'll have a certain amount of episodes for free, and then they'll have like one or two yeah, where you gotta pay you for them. You gotta like, buy them bitch, all. something you really into, that. so you just like fuck it, just take my two ninety nine. Um, I was watching a show with a Rod called Back in the Game. It's kind of like the profit, but for sports athletes and it takes sports athletes who have fallen on hard times and and all right guys editor's note lose internet cut off right at the end of this episode okay so it was right in the middle of my put on which was fire all right so first off lou get your shit together all right pay your damn internet bill number two 
y'all make sure y'all check out back in the game it's on msnbc or cnbc that's the same damn thing anyway and it's about rodriguez putting players and celebrities who have fallen on hard times back on their feet by calling different plays and and how to get their brands and shit back popping it's really dope if you're into the financial side of you know business and entrepreneurship so y'all make sure y'all check that out we'll be back next week hopefully lou will have his bill caught up by then and his internet will be cut back on okay <laughs> hey man we'll be back next week youtube.com slash realville make sure you subscribe we're on the road to a thousand we are almost there help us reach that goal we'll have some dope giveaways when we hit it and also patreon.com slash realville we are revamping it brand new pieces of content coming this month make sure y'all get on board with that and keep your eyes locked to the uh, ig page at on that tv podcast man to the next time we out